0: Welcome back to Chunky Glasses of the Podcast, boys and girls. I am Kevin, as usual. Uh, to our returning listeners, yeah, grab a seat. You know where everything is. Make yourself comfortable. Uh, new listeners, welcome. Uh, we are happy to have you. Hope to have more of you. Just keep coming in the door. Uh, a lot of room in, down here in this basement. Uh, this is actually the third time I've recorded this intro uh, because apparently the news cycle and <laughs> stuff we talk about uh, moves at a blinding speed. Uh, Last week we talked about Apple Music a good bit and we're, I think we're going to be talking about it uh, a little bit until it launches until we see what happens to it because streaming music music uh, distribution and all that stuff is a uh, topic that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, so Part of our discussion that we had this week, though, was concerning the fact that originally Apple Music had said that you, the consumer, are going to get three months free of their brand new, uh, in quotes, revolutionary service. Uh, And then they said, we're also not going to be paying royalties on that. That obviously does not sit well with the artists, does not sit well with labels, uh, like most high profile, like Beggars Group, a lot of indie labels. um, But it was one Taylor Swift. That sort of brought a swift end to this, this sort of fiasco, at least this side of the fiasco. But she posted on her Tumblr a letter. Uh, I believe it was Saturday night and this was after we had taped uh, our intro and all that stuff uh, basically calling out Apple and saying this was no good, uh, I'm not going to have my album on your service, may not have any of my albums on your service please make the right decision uh, Eddie Q over at Apple responded and they are, uh, this company is, is more flush with cash I think than any company in history so basically they're just going to pony up the uh, royalties and keep paying people uh, as if they were bringing in the income because it doesn't hurt them a damn bit so uh not that our conversation now in the middle of this is is irrelevant about this but uh is a little outdated so we're gonna catch everybody up on that besides that on this week on the podcast uh we originally had promised to do a mid-year podcast that is still coming in the can but uh i want to tell you uh, like about what we do uh, you know we don't make money doing this podcast we don't uh, honestly, don't know how to make money because I do this and, and everybody involved in this does this simply because it's fun. And sometimes we get in a little grind where we're trying to get stuff out that's sort of relevant and timely and stuff. And, uh, we forget that, like, we really should just be fun. So when Paul mentioned to me last week, he said, Hey, I've got this one metal album. And, uh, and then he's like, I got this other metal album that you need to check out, you need to hear. I said, Oh, man. What are you doing? What are you doing Friday? You want to you wanna come over and, and like – you want to talk about these? You want to drink some beers? And he's like, well, yeah, man. That sounds awesome. It sounds fun. So uh, that's exactly what we did. Uh, the mid-year is coming. Um, it will be here next week. Uh, that is – you can write that in stone. But this week uh, we're going to be talking about two uh, shred-tastic metal albums. One, uh, a little more medieval, talking about a uh, new effort in there. And another one, uh, an older band. been around since about 2006 uh, by the name of Elder, uh, Leaning More Into the Space Rock. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be uh, playing a track from a new band out of Brooklyn uh, known as Mail the Horse – Sort of Country of Stone, just uh, Parsons ish. I don't know. will let you decide. We're just going to play that at the end of that. So, i uh, got a really good podcast in store for you here today. So, without further ado, I, I think we'll just go ahead and get to it. So, here you go. This is episode number 121 of Junkie Glass of the Podcast, uh, where we're talking about some metal. It happens here,
1: and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man.
0: Nearly a two of review. Shit
1: sandwich. I will roll the record up and let him smell it. That right there is yeah, a logical power.
0: Paul, uh, this is... I don't know if there's anything... More sad than this grown ass man. Like, hey, bro, you want to
1: come over tonight and talk metal? I mean, that's. Listen, if there is a more appropriate thing to be doing on a Friday night in a basement than recording a podcast about <laughs> metal, I don't know what it is. Nah, I don't think anybody else does. Because
0: <laughs> just, um, yeah, uh, this week. So, first off, and I said this in the upfront here, uh, lied again. You were here for a mid-year one. I was. It's done. It's being edited. It's being put together. But uh, you threw these metal albums at me, and I realized, you know, fuck, we haven't talked about metal in a long time. We've it's, been it's talking probably about,
1: since Mastodon's last album. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've yeah, been talking about uh, the, the indie rock and whatnot. And uh, part of what we've been trying to do this year, I think, is to get away from what we usually do. Mm-hmm. So when you suggested uh, one of the albums that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, which was uh, by a band called Obsequiae. Uh, I said, oh, okay, I'll check that out. And then just randomly, like you said, Elder, put it in. I was like, holy fuck. So there, our fates were sealed. They um, were. If... If you came to this podcast looking for, uh, I think, intelligent talk (laughs) at this point, or uh, hoping to avoid references to Skyrim, Dragon Age, uh, (laughs) Kroll, Lady uh, Hawk. know we were doing Kroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Then right now might be the time to check out.
1: Which album will soundtrack your teleporting castle? No one knows. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I know, actually. I I can tell you that. Um, but before we get to this uh this mental shit I want to talk about uh Patrick was in here last week we talked a lot about apple uh music and now there is more news about Apple music but it still hasn 't launched uh the it came out this week we've got Apple uh, threatening to remove bands music from iTunes if they don't agree to new royalty po- uh royalty structure or policy now the thing to keep in mind about this is this was reported on uh the, the, the guy who raised the complaint is Anton Newcomb, who is of the uh, band Brian Jonestown Massacre, mm-hmm. who aren't uh, popular. Let's just say – well, <laughs> goddammit uh, – aren't aren't as put together as one might hope for uh, a grown-ass people. Uh, if you've seen the movie Dig, you know that. It's about them and the Danny Warhols. It's a good good music documentary. Uh, but at any rate, um, the the – problem that people are having right now, and it's not just him actually, uh, it's Beggar's Group, which if you don't know who they are, they're behind 4AD, Matador, Rough Trade, XL. Uh, they are a large consortium of, yeah. of all the indie music you're going to put in your ears. Um, so uh, Apple basically says, we're going to give you the consumer three months free, which great. That's a good move. Uh, then they turn around to the labels and the artists and everything and says, oh, we're not going to collect royalties for three months. <laughs> Which means if you put out a new album in those three months, uh, you don't make any money off it, off Apple. Uh, it is – I don't think anybody who knows anything about anything could not have seen this coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is in their, uh, sort of effort to get rid of freemium. Uh, the problem is again, uh, that they're saying, well, not only are we going to try to get rid of that, we're just not going to pay our, pay the artists for three months, which is sort of, uh, I mean, that's every bad argument you can make about streaming music. Like that's it. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you want to get rid of, if you want to get rid of freemium, okay, that's one way to go with your business model, but you should bear the risk of that business model right. and not put it on the artists, especially when, you know, you're the biggest company in the world with the largest cash reserves in the world and you're mm-hmm. deciding to enter a new space with a service that you purchased for a lot of money right there. And now you're nickel and diming the folks who actually make the content that's going on your service. I understand why they're doing it. They think that they're in a powerful enough position, especially with this iTunes, with the iTunes side of things. Well, I don't think anybody's
0: in a powerful enough position to tell the artists that they're just not going to pay you for it.
1: Well, I'm not saying they're right. I'm saying I can see the thinking. They're saying everybody wants to be in business with Apple. We control, this is the thing with their vertical integration model. They control the market effectively for everybody who buys Apple devices. This thing is going to be automatically deployed onto your Apple Watch, onto your iPad, onto your iPhone. Anybody mm-hmm. who's in that ecosystem, the easiest way, as you know right now, to get music is through iTunes, and the easiest way to stream music is soon going to be Beats by Apple or whatever the hell they're right. doing right there. So, But
0: if Beats by Apple uh, does not have any content on it, then, because here is what, here's what's happening: uh, they haven't signed any deals. There is right. right now. There is no content on it.
1: Right. Well, I think that that's and, and I think that's good because and, it's yeah. r- this is hubris. This is what happens mm-hmm. when you overextend yourself. Um, and again, I understand why they're doing it because they think that as the gatekeeper that they can do this, mm-hmm. but. The problem is that there are so many other ways for people to get music right now, and the whole reason that they bought a streaming service is because they saw the writing on the wall for iTunes. People – you know, yes, it's by far the the easiest and most used way to download music now, but people are downloading less music. People are buying less music because people are streaming music, so you need to be in the streaming game. So they thought they could leverage – their um, their control of the download marketplace into essentially a raw deal for artists mm-hmm. on the streaming space, and I think right now they're the ones that are going to have to blank. If they yeah. want to stay in business,
0: yeah. I or, well, no. Apple stay in business. But, I'm not saying
1: uh, Apple stay in business, but apples. Apple, Apple Music. Apple
0: Music. Yeah, and, and that's the funny thing is we, we made a gentleman's bet uh, last week, Patrick and I, and uh, I I gave it to the end of the year, and then it would be wiped out the way that Ping went, uh, which was uh, you're not an iTunes user, but it, it was a, it was a social network inside of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly, I don't right now see this making it to launch. I see it getting scrapped because if you – first of all, they, they already said no Beatles on the streaming mm-hmm. service. So now you're not
1: differentiating. That's yeah. the one big exclusive that everybody wants. I think the difference is – and the reason that I wouldn't – the reason I wouldn't put any money on it not launching is that they spent so much money on Beats. But they – like you said, they have the cash reserve. They, they do have the cash reserve but still – That's a few billion dollars they spent right there, which means they're going to have to at least make a go of it. I mean, Google knew Google Plus was dead in the water and they still (laughs) have it out there. So fair point. Um, like that, I mean, that's the other side of having that much, uh, that much cash reserves is you can afford to play around with concepts without it hurting your bottom line too much right there. So they might see it as like, okay, fine. This is screwed up. We can change gears. We can move around a little bit. Honestly, I think that if they want to really be in the game, they'll buy Spotify at some point. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, they've that. got the
1: money to do it.
0: Uh, I mean, but what do you do when when you have uh, Bonnie Bear pissed off at you? At this point, <laughs> like, you know. you
1: have drawn the ire of Bonnie Bear. Punch him in the nose and he'll run away into the woods and cry. I'm not sure. <laughs> It's funny because I think we were talking about when they
0: first, way back, announced uh, Apple streaming music. I think this might have been on a year-end podcast. We were talking about Bonnie Bear, Justin Vernon decided to speak up about this, and now he's back talking about it. Like, oh, bro, like I was cool with you guys, but now I don't believe in you anymore. Uh, it's, you know, um, I I think it it highlights the, uh, for me the oversaturation of the streaming market, mm-hmm. um. I've said it a bunch of times. I said it last week. There's one way to do it right and that is – it has to have two components. You have to have everything people want and you have to give it to them at a price that they want to pay.
1: Yeah, but I mean look. What's going to happen is the same thing that's happened with every other media and communications marketplace in the last 30 years there's fragmentation as new players enter the market mm-hmm. and then there's consolidation as the big players buy everything up. And eventually there'll probably be two games in town. It'll never be one game because right. there's going to be enough people who don't want to you know, deal with a single interface or something like that. But you're going to basically have t- have probably two, maybe three services offering essentially the same, uh, the, the, the same catalog at the same, at the same ish price. Yeah. Differentiating based on, uh, you know, slight differences in artists around the ed- edges and features and interface. And yeah. that's probably the way it will end up. It's just that right now we're in the fragmentation period and it's kind of the post-first wave growing pains for the industry. Yeah. It will get there in a few years though. Well, For at- better or for worse because it will be an oligopoly like anything else. Yeah, so. yeah
0: exactly. Uh, adding to the uh, sort of clusterfuckery uh, of this whole thing, the streaming service that people don't think a lot about is uh, SoundCloud. Uh, It is one of the largest and it is uh, uh, so far one of the more artist-friendly. You put your stuff up there. uh, They they have things in place for artists can make revenue. uh, You can lock it out. It is uh, pretty much the main tool – for uh, blogs like us, I think, where you an artist will send you a link to something that they want you to post on your thing, and it's through SoundCloud, and it's a nice little embed code, and you drop it in there, and and sometimes there's secret codes, and you know yeah. that you can do premieres, but all those tools are at their hand. I think Bandcamp does a little bit of that, but uh, just today, or might have been yesterday, though. Uh, an interesting thing popped up and I'm not sure how – I'm just going to mention this because we don't know how it's going to play out here. Um, essentially saying that uh, any site that is using SoundCloud's API, which the understanding right now is um, that that does not mean like say us using the embed code straight from the site. You can build into your site uh, a code that sort of just pulls the information and the data in the song. Uh, anything uh, with that is limited to fifteen thousand plays in a uh, one day and twenty four hour period. I don't see that affecting too many people.
1: <laughs> no, that's a um, lot of plays.
0: It's a lot of plays. Uh, I see why they're doing it, but they, I mean, but there are like, if you if you venture into the EDM section of that, there are things that get fifty, a hundred, two hundred thousand
1: plays, like easily. Uh, well, and I'm sure that there are like indie apps that essentially use, you know, SoundCloud as some kind of randomized player, like yeah. that where you can build playlists and then you're not really paying anything for it. Right. I think that's the right. kind of abuse they're trying and to what And what they're trying apps. to do is
0: basically make sure that if you're in there, um, they're they're setting up an ad structure so that you're in the in their mm-hmm. ecosystem and you get the ads. Um, this makes sense.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's. It does. You're getting something for free, so, you know, pay yeah. for some ads. That's. You listen to some ads. That's yeah. fine.
0: Um, it'll be interesting how that affects, uh, though, going forward. And this is the only reason I mentioned it. Uh, stuff like what we do when we post tracks and stuff, because, mm. you know, if you. Um, it's a bummer if you're writing a story about a song and you put it in there and you put the song link, but then, say, the band asked you to put the song link below that. And you're using this platform that they're using uh, and they're paying for it, by the way. And then the person clicks on it and the first thing you have is a Ford Taurus ad.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, my guess is that it will be – if it keeps going like this, it will be some kind of tiering. You know? mm-hmm. If bands are paying for that and that's the way they're doing their publicity, you're going to have a system like you have when you buy a Kindle. You know, do you want to yeah. get the cheap version where there's some ads or do you want to get, do you want to pay a few extra bucks yeah. and not have, and not have the ads on there because, you know, they got to, they got to make profit some way. And I think that that's, I, I think that's perfectly legitimate. There's no right to have somebody like hosting and sending your song out, host your own server if you want to do that. Sure. Um, as lo- I think that it's probably smart business for SoundCloud to, Provide an option to the folks who are using them, like if you want to make sure if you think this is going to be a big hit and you think there are going to be tens of thousands of people trying to stream this from you know this one location during right. the day, that you should be able to pay extra to not have them listen to the Ford Taurus ad beforehand. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. makes sense for SoundCloud. Yeah, so. it, it does. Uh, I'm going to get really wonky before we move on
0: to the metal here. Uh, it also though forces it into the area of uh, you know if. if these terms, and right now they're not become untenable for artists in dealing with smaller outlets. Uh, it pushes hard into the area of copyright mm-hmm. um, because there's nothing keeping any of us from taking an MP3 that a band sends us and uploading it and doing it that way. We can, in, in fact, if you're if you're looking at, and this is something that it's taken me a long time to get used to. You know, I you do all this work into something, and you think it's going to be there. Forever. But the internet is like if SoundCloud and you can go back to 2012, there's stuff that like band doesn't exist anymore, so mm-hmm. they stopped paying for it. So that track's no longer available.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and had we uploaded it, the track would be available. So you know,
1: if you're digging through our archives, yeah, then, uh, pretty obscure bands might not be available mm-hmm. for you to listen to. If you're the State Department, don't go back before two thousand fourteen <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but uh, you know it. Uh, yeah, but so by doing that, though, that SoundCloud pays all these licensing fees and stuff to have this. You're covered under that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you're choosing to post yourself, you can uh pay that. You can pay ASCAP and stuff. But uh, most sites aren't covered like that, and so you open yourself up to like major like major copyright uh issues so uh but that that's on the really wonky side. Yeah. And I, and I you know, I hope we don't end up
1: It just sounds to it. me like, you know, this right here is at least the iteration they've got right now is not going to affect most people who use SoundCloud. It's really it seems targeted at like apps and aggregators that are being used as gateways to get free music. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on Apple Music right now though. Uh well, I guess it's time to talk about some fucking metal, Paul. Hell yeah. All right, that's Spitfire and Hell Fury uh, is Orphic Rites of the Mystic. Uh, the name of the band playing that is Obsequiae. Uh, the name of the album is Aria of Vernal Tombs. None more metal than that. That is a metal. That is a metal is fuck album title. Um. Paul, you brought this to my attention. I think it's been getting a little
1: heat. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this band here? Yeah, it has been getting a little heat. Um, I can't claim to be any great metal expert, but uh, the lists of uh, best metal band, best metal albums of the year, uh, pretty much have been having this on uh, on all of them, and I think that that's uh, that's accurate. <laughs> I mean look this is uh is a project uh, of a guy named Tanner Anderson who's got about twenty years um of experience playing with uh with underground metal acts he's bounced around between a couple of different bands um but he's also really into medieval music and yeah. he's been playing a lot of electric harp lately I think, <laughs> and uh, there's another project the name of which escapes me that he's been playing electric harp in that does updates like folk metal updates right. of like medieval music um, so this is kind of where it all comes together you've got a lot of death and doom metal <laughs> vibes in this <laughs> with entire tracks that are just basically electric heart breakdowns in between them so they kind of play like song suites or you know you've got the medieval intro to the metal song uh-huh. Um and i mean this is this is shit you play when you're assembling your army at the castle oh yeah and getting ready to go out into the field and the people across the field are like 20 foot tall avatars of gods yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. no no like, this is this is pumped. heavy
0: uh i i i will cop right now to having uh i used to have a a skyrim addiction mm-hmm. uh it is a problem uh went to rehab for a couple of years for it it was awesome okay. um but uh yeah this is this is this is high fantasy. Uh, this is the scariest stage at the Ren Fair. <laughs> 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 I mean, if you're walking around and everything's like, hey, look, the hatchet throwing thing is, is, is bad enough because you don't know what can happen there. But this is – you walk around and all of a sudden you see this shit going on. Um, it is <laughs> – and I knew from one listen why you like it and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you're you're a big Game of Thrones fan. I am. Um, It's funny because <sighs> – Music doesn't often – or at least the music we talk about, I don't think often uh, fully commits to a a cinematic sort of a a theme. Like this is what we're representing. This is what we're about. Uh, Metal – and we're going to talk about this. We're going to have a whole metal podcast. Yep. But metal does and it's awesome and it's not for everybody. Uh, I know a lot of people who hate metal but when you uh, get – to this level because if you think about metal, it took twists and turns. It was – started like the hard rock wasn't enough in the 60s and so they had to go to this. Yeah, And then we're talking like druids and shit and then, and then it went into the 80s and all of a sudden like hair metal. And then that's a whole different thing where mm-hmm. they weren't talking about death. They were talking about like getting laid and doing drugs. And all the
1: while this like – this is pretty much qualified as black metal I think. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I – I can't tell the difference between uh, the the black metal, the doom, the death metal. Yeah, like yeah. There's there's uh, there's a lot of different edges of like yelling and guitar walls going on <laughs> that I think that a metal expert could probably inform us on. Absolutely. But I, I would say that this qualifies.
0: Yeah, which is metal. on the surface, if you if you're talking about Norway and Sweden and stuff, people who are literally uh, committing acts of cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> the name of this. I mean, it's it's a it's a lifestyle, and I, I'm not sure if this guy is in on that lifestyle and stuff. But
1: well, I, th- I think what really strikes me about this, other than the like you want to talk about commitment, I think bringing professionally played medieval instrumentation into your yeah <laughs> <laughs> into your metal like that's commitment to the ethos. Yeah. it's also like you know we talk about so much indie rock, and there's there's so much. Uh, even though, even when I like it, there's a there's a lot of um, smirking or winking in that. You sure. know, you know. Oh, here's my reference. I'm checking. There's it, very
0: very little commitment yeah. to the. the but cars. this right
1: here, there's no there's no irony here, and it's not nah. that they're playing, and it's not sloppy playing. Like these are musicians who know exactly what they're doing and are all in on it. Yeah, and <laughs> if you're into that, then it's awesome.
0: Uh, let, let's demonstrate that point here with another song And then we'll talk a little bit more about this But uh, to, to your point, Paul The name of the song we're going to play is Autumnal Fire." Oh, yeah. So uh, here we go So Here's some metal for your face That man right there is yelling and i have no fucking clue what he says he's saying it does not matter it's a tim- a autumnal pyre with a what cuz that's how you spell pyre but it's pyre it's it fucking swords and sorcery it is uh skyrim it's dragon age
1: it's just Good, like uh, and this is you know kevin i know you haven't seen mad max but What I, what I try to explain to people is (laughs) something, this song in particular, but this album, this is what the doof warrior would play if Mad Max took place in medieval times. If you're talking about horses instead of cars, the doof warrior would be strapped to the top of a cart with a freaking double neck loot and he'd be (laughs) busting this out. I, it's,
0: this is all, uh, I mean, for the record, I, I love metal. I don't love mm-hmm. it as much as Brian Gruner. He was very sad he could not be here, but, um, and I can't listen to it all the time. And I can't. I uh, we'll get to the, why this is a, sort of a hard listen for me, mm-hmm. uh, this album particularly. But it, it's like we said up front. It's so. Uh, it, it's the last pure like, music form. Like what the fuck? Like I I want to see some indie kid commit this hard to that because every part of that is so ridiculous. Like you said, harps, yep. lutes, like uh, the worst guitar tone ever known to man, and and I know this going to make you cringe here. But I mean, Trans Siberian Orchestra like lifted this aesthetic.
1: Well, I can, and look. they present it. I, I can actually music. see where you're coming from if we limit it to just the guitar tone. When yeah. you were talking to me about that earlier, I thought you were saying like that they were playing Christmas music. No, are no, like, not. Like appealing to the PBS set. But uh,
0: No, no. The, the general sound, the aesthetic, the, the stylings of the Yeah, music. though
1: they're doing something different here. I think Trans-Siberian or- Orchestra sounds like that because they brought a bunch of guitars into Christmas carols, which have – you know, very old song structures, mm-hmm. and right here when you hear autumnal pyre, one might say medieval. Yes, well, that's the thing is yeah. when you're talking about autumnal pilot, pilot, there they're not taking from tra- Trans Siberian Orchestra; oh. they're taking from older sources that the sources that Trans Siberian Orchestra are building on took from originally. Are we
0: to believe that there may have been wizards who could conjure up Marshall stacks? It's possible. How happy would that make you? Very. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, yeah. This is this is an an ex- absolute explosion of uh, nerdery uh, on this album, which um, you 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 have to be down for it. I will say that,
1: but you should be down for
0: it. You should be down for it. I know you're down for it. I mean, I I listen to it and I and I sort of I get this feeling like I I know. Some inner child version of me is like, this is the fucking coolest thing ever. And why didn't I think of doing this? Because, you know, why wouldn't you? You're playing Dungeons and Dragons. You like, you have a guitar. Like, make it happen. Um, you know, but when you get start getting through it, I mean, everything matches up. Everything is perfect. Like, you have these crazy, like, pools of a vernal paradise. You know, this is this is a story, but
1: in listening to it, I didn't necessarily hear like the whole story.
0: It might be because he's screaming,
1: but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's about uh, verbal narrative. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's just like I'm going to punch you in the fucking dick? And- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the songs, the songs fit together into into suites. I think, I th- and they, especially like on a you know two or three song punch where you have the intro. It's a little bit softer, a little more medieval, and then it like the themes carry over into the next ones, but it's all very um instrument based in terms of that in terms of those themes, the lyrics are indecipherable,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah so uh
1: what are you going to do with this, Paul? Besides, like, mean, <laughs> listen to it a lot. Like, <laughs> like you said, it's not. I, it's not something you can listen to all the time. It's hard to listen to at work, for instance. But if you're, you know, going to the gym, or if you had a really bad day, or you uh-huh. just like to get pumped up for any particular reason. But, but that's like, a work of art. How are you going to recommend it to somebody? I'm going to ask them first if they like metal. Okay. And then anybody who likes metal, this is an automatic, like, automatic. Yeah, I agree. Like, have you seen, have you seen Knights of Badass in them? Yes, I have. Yeah, so this is, this could be the soundtrack. This is great for them. And beyond that, then you start asking, like, do you like wizards? (laughs) How, what, what music would you play if you were trying to lead someone against a horde of orcs? Yes. You know, and then you kind of move in, you kind of move in that direction. I think it's got some appeal outside of just a niche metal space. Mm -hmm. Um, as, shown by the fact that we're talking about it and we don't Mm -hmm. pay attention to the niche metal space all that much. Like, I'm not... I don't know. We we don't listen to that much Swedish death metal. so Though it does make it across the, the players sometime. So there is some crossover appeal right here. I think anybody who's interested in, like, Really sincere hybrid music, too, like that's one of the things that got me to listen to it the first time is I was like i don't know what a true like you hear metal with medieval themes all the time, yeah, but I was like i don 't know what a true, like I know how to play medieval instruments and how to play medieval music, and I'm going to try to mesh those in not just thematically but musically how that's going to sound and I'm like it, I fully expected it to be crap. I was like this this could just be the project of some like <laughs> grad student who's decided this sounds like an interesting thing to do after smoking too much. How many moles. grad
0: students do you think you have made this album? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, none
1: because well, it wouldn't be this good. There, there are probably dozens who have tried and that's the right. thing is that this is executed very well. And I'm always interested when somebody is trying to create an intersection between – types of music that you go, oh, I hadn't thought about doing that before, but it kind of works, yeah, and this really works okay so so you're gonna
0: buy it absolutely is that you're gonna buy it? yeah i'm 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 on the fence here with uh i on one hand i, I as as mental as fuck as it is, I'm not gonna necessarily be listening to it anymore, yeah no, that's cool, um uh, but at the same time uh I am one hundred percent with what you said. This melding of stuff is a uh, and, and committing to that, just taking these two uh, sort of ludicrous ideas and, and putting them together and making something that is d- doesn't suck. Uh, of it uh, is uh, that's kind of worth checking out, you know, if, if you're if you're into like exploring new things. So I guess that means I have to land on streaming. Like you just you know, check yeah. it out. If
1: it's your thing, like Paul, he might put, come over and play Dungeons & Dragons. You guys have a board game night. So. Yeah, we do have a board game night. These days there's less D&D, but if you want to play like uh, Chaosium, that's probably good. <laughs> I saw that at your house you know, last Chaos time. I'm was, I'm like, sorry. Chaosium is the game company.
0: Yeah. Nice. So uh, so there's uh, Obsequies, uh, Aria of Vernal Tombs. Let's get on to some more metal. here on Elder. They've been around since about 2006. Uh, it's a three-piece heavy metal band, and right, this is their third album that's out right now. It features Nick Salvo on guitar, keyboard, and vocals, uh, Matt Kuto on drums, uh, Jack Donovan on bass. Uh, there was a previous member. I don't know if he went the way of Spinal Tap or he just left the band. <laughs> Unclear. Um, they've... Uh, as you just heard, there's elements of uh, doom metal. There's also something I think came about in the and this is Queens of the Stone Age type stuff. Um, it really rose popularity like stoner rock, you know, where it's just like droney, and loud stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Queens of the Stone Age be more nuanced about that, but there are a whole lot of bands that are just like can drone in and like make it really heavy. And try to hit you right there. Uh, they mix that with some uh, some jazz, some classic rock. I mean the singer at times sounds like Ozzy for sure. Uh, I described this to you, Paul, as this is what would happen if the band Yes uh, were a metal band. And if you look at their <laughs> – I mean no surprise, but uh, their influences on their Facebook page, it's like Yes, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne and Steely Dan. Yeah, well, that so, makes a lot of sense. So it does make a lot of sense. Um. And first of all, I want to say, where the fuck have I been? How did I not know about this band? Like, uh, I mean, that's you've been in this basement. Yeah, but the, how is this not
1: like made in this basement? Because the great thing is that there's so much good music being made these days right. that you can just discover, quote unquote, uh, stuff. You know, like like Boylan does. A year late. Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> Zing. <laughs> when uh you know i just because there's too much to go through and if yeah. you're not paying attention to the place that, pay, that paid attention to it then you're going to pick it up a little bit later when other other people start yeah, picking like it up things like 10 that 10 years later like i don't know what they're i haven't listened to their previous albums so i don't know if this is it's if pretty if this much is the is just same the one that just hit right yeah, here yeah. But, so but
0: uh let's go back to that and we'll talk about the music right now. So, you know, as you heard, this is heavy, hard hitting stuff. It straddles the line between uh this metal that the kids like and the classic rock that the kids like, which is the sweet spot for many of us of my age. Uh I think what's remarkable to me, first off, about this album is that it is only five songs long. Uh I think the shortest song uh, nine twenty seven. Sorry, uh, I was going to say no song is under ten minutes long. I mean, this is if you are studying uh, metal, which is this is a different side of it because in in metal you would tell your stories and you would have these long compositions and mm-hmm. you know you mix that with prog rock and maybe they get longer and stuff. But I found in putting this on, uh, of course. Don't understand a thing to fucking say because it's metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's horrible. And maybe we'll post the lyrics for stuff and I'll look at to it. But, you know, this stuff is meant to hit you viscerally. And then if you want to dive into the, in many cases, bad medieval poetry, like, you're free to do so. <laughs> no, I, look, this is metal, man. Yep. And, uh, and, but, but man, how this.
1: Fucking hits. It does. And I, I think you brought up a good point with the influences right there. Like this really uh, I hadn't thought about the stoner rock aspect of it, but I kept getting back to the the seventies part of it. And you had that cusp in in the late seventies, early eighties where the hard rock mm-hmm. started transitioning into metal and there were bands that were right on the edge and crossed over one side to the other. To the extent and then that we're Southern Rock about came songs. in, it fucked it all up. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of Aussie going on right here. <laughs> like, it's that, it's that kind of sound. And I think Queens of the Stone Age is a great comp too, because even though yeah. their their lyrics are more decipherable and they're a little bit, uh, they're a little bit less towards the screaming end of things, um, I can hear a lot of the same. Um, templates from the sound in there. Yeah. But these guys go more epic. Like, this is not designed for, like, three or four minute radio play. This, I mean, the
0: song we're going to play is 12 minutes and 31 seconds. We're going to play, like, six of them. Yeah. Uh,
1: But, yeah. But these are the kinds of songs where there'll be, like, a three-minute, like, Spot where they where like a double neck guitar is just like that. I assume it's double neck. Yeah, like, of course I just, it's double neck. I don't know if he's playing two necks, three necks, twelve necks. Like they, <laughs> there's the sounds, multiple necks yeah, on the every single do not guitar. Come out of You've one got neck. like
0: at least a triple bass. Yeah, like on this a drum, on this, and and like everything is so big, it could only be recorded at this like little like recording studio shack just east of Mordor. I mean. <laughs> It is
1: – She Sugar Shack. Yeah.
0: It, I mean it, it's, it embraces um, – uh, whereas I think it, when we were talking about uh, the Obsequia album, uh, it gets in – it takes itself very seriously. This takes itself seriously but it also embraces the like holy fuck like metal of that. There was a game um, – not called Skyrim, and I fucking forget it, but it, it was – essentially it was Jack Black, and he uh, – it was made by Double Fine. It was made by Tim Schafer, and he was a rock and roll warrior in hell, and this is that. I'll look it up while we listen to this song, okay. but but it's an amazing. Game, but but let's listen to the song and come back to this a little bit. And I mean, come on. The song is called Legend, so. Perfect. Get it. two things. I should have warned everybody uh, up front. That, that song, we, we tried to get at around the uh, 8 to 10 minute mark, but that song's 12 minutes long. So, uh, prepare to do one time. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and the fun part of that is, I think we were talking about um, while the song was playing, is that especially where he's like sing-chanting in the middle, you can see him like hanging out on the event horizon of Prague. Like, he could... <laughs> he could he could dive down the Floyd hole really easily. Like, that would be the easiest thing to do. But then the guitars pull him out. Yeah, the guitars pull him out. It,
0: it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, but the, the other thing I was going to say, the name of the game was Brutal Legend. So that is the name of the game with Tetris, which you should check it out. Uh, but this is the Uh to the Prague point, um, you know, what Prague often lacks is uh, – I mean well just like put it put it out there, like a lot of people who play prog just come off as fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's from a musician standpoint, you're like, that's so technical, bro. That's awesome. And yeah, you can appreciate that and stuff. But you listen to a lot of that stuff and you're just like, Neh. like, I'm not feeling anything off that and this is where yes actually like managed to not do that. Even when John Anderson was singing about Crystals and universal love and and whatnot. You know, it sounded like you know he meant it, and it was is a human thing. These guys, like you said, steer completely clear of that. Yep. While entertaining all the musical explorations that they can take down, I mean, how many movements are in that? I mean, the song's legend, so I mean, yeah, it's- like. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I think each of us had a different point in the song where we thought the song had ended. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, And and you just fucking plowing through it and you're just like, man, Um, it is – after shoving uh, honestly a bunch of like crap indie rock into my brain, it's so refreshing to like like hear something like this. You were saying in the break – like, hey, you were so glad that we found this, yeah. Like, I, and I, so we're not pretending to be like we're introducing you to something. It's like, we found this, and we want to talk about it. That's why we're doing yeah. this. I mean,
1: this came out a couple months ago. Yeah, so it came not, out in February. Yeah, it's not it's not new. I'm sure that there are some folks rolling their eyes about it here, but hey, you don't always have to be first on the scene. You just gotta <laughs> find it eventually. And it, it, to your point, I think it's great. Like, there's a lot of, you know. There's a lot of indie rock I like. There's a lot of the touchy feely bands that I like, but this is a great palate cleanser after a lot of like 3-minute mm-hmm. songs about broken hearts or, you know, making rent in Brooklyn or something. So, <laughs> which is funny cuz you don't know the song we're going to play. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, no,
0: no, it, it, it's true. This is like, you know, a lot of a lot of music. You can go in in songwriters can go in, in different categories. You can Tell the personal story, the personal pain or you can tell like uh, the – sort of just the storyteller. And uh, there are – very often in indie and rock and stuff, there's the people that mix the two and stuff. I think in metal and harder rock, there's there's no – none of this – like I'm going to share my feelings or that even if deep down they are mm-hmm. like it's all like we have to tell a story and we have to make this this epic thing because what they're pulling upon is lore, which is I mean the name of the fucking album is lore and, yeah. and they're carrying on a tradition of storytelling that, you know, whereas CPA uh, mixes in the actual like Renfair instruments and medieval mm. instruments, like these guys are uh, the, the chord structures and stuff. And, and you might not know any of this. What I'm going to say, but the chord structures, the the notes, the scales, and everything—they are in metal very often. Just these old medieval like music theory, because that's you know all you had the guy with the lute in the square. Uh, and I'm basing this on what I know of Skyrim. So, <laughs> but you had you had it's the you had, medieval history yeah, of Skyrim. Skyrim. But you had the guy in the loot in the square telling the stories, and it was all and it had to be dramatic.
1: Well it, it's the stories, but it's also, as you pointed out, the uh the chord structures. Like there's some of this stuff that you know the the folks who were making who were making music since the dawn of time probably but the dawn of what we can remember as music they figured these things out there are certain mm-hmm. basic structures that resonate both uh, with with people both yep. orally. And thematically with stories. And I think that the best, I mean, the best of anything mixes these together, but the best of metal takes like those basic structures and those basic story structures. Yeah. You've got, you've got hero's journeys. You've got, yep. you've got evil. You've got good. You've got one overcoming the other. You don't really know depending on which metal you're listening to, right? Right. right, there. right, right. But they're, it's basic thematic through lines and basic, uh, musical through lines coming together. And when they when you do it right, I mean, it's... You freaking, get this.
0: Yeah. It's freaking awesome. So what, so what are you going to do with it? I mean, we're, we're both buying this. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's so, no yeah. fucking way to buy it. <laughs> I, in, in, you know, and I often toss this out. If you email me, like, my email address is freely available. Like, I'll buy you a fucking copy. Uh, I, the only thing I'm sad about is uh, they are touring, like, motherfuckers. In Europe. In Europe. <laughs> it's- now, does that mean that people in Europe
1: are smarter consumers of music or is that just the older tradition? I just feel like there's more people that live in, like, ice huts there that have to <laughs> – <laughs> like, they come out of their ice huts and this is what they listen to when the sun pokes above the horizon for I mean, the first I mean, time I, in months. Just,
0: I mean, this is a thing. We'll get into the actual metal podcast. like, yeah. But – uh I mean, you may be right. <laughs> uh, all right, so double buy it uh, for Elder Moore. There's our, uh, the bulk of our podcast talking about metal. Uh, I think it was a long time coming. I, ho- I hope we get to, like, talk about metal a little more or just
1: different genres. I mean, should we do a classical one? Would we embarrass ourselves? On classical? Yeah. Get my dad to Skype in, then we won't embarrass ourselves.
0: <laughs> so we wouldn't embarrass ourselves. would embarrass ourselves. I would embarrass myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, as usual, every week, though, we are not done until we feature a track uh, by an artist that you may not have heard of. Uh, although, in, I mean, if you're a super music nerd, then maybe you have heard of it. Oftentimes it's local, sometimes it's not. Uh, this week, we're going to be featuring a track uh, by a band. Uh, they are out of Brooklyn. Uh, I believe, which is why that was so funny you said that, Paul. Uh, the name of the band is Male the Horse. They have their second album coming out on June 23rd. It's Planet Gates. Uh, they described, uh, at least in the press release, as loving the uh, the 70s area stones, mm-hmm. uh, all that area. So what we're talking about sort of works into the metal thing because that was, you know, not. Did you say Planet
1: Gates? Yes. Like Bill Gates, or like there are no. There's a story behind it. I'll look
0: it up after the uh, thing, but uh, a little that and uh, deer tick as as a thing. So 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 that's actually Mm -hmm. you know now we're talking about the Stones and deer tick as relevant influences. That uh, the name of the album, like I said, is Planet Gates. So The name of the track we're going to play is Flowers, Keys, and Gasoline. So Paul, you haven't heard this. So uh, here you go. This is uh, mail the horse with uh, Flowers, Keys, and Gasoline. And your So there's uh, mail, the horse, and that is flowers, keys, and gasoline. Paul, what do you think? Well, it's
1: um pretty country for my taste. Yeah, yeah. Um, aggressively I, stones. I mean, they commit to the stones. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of um, hear a lot more like the modern alt country stuff in there too. Though I, I was telling you, I think that I like I hear a lot of bottle rockets in yeah. that, um, but without the like kind of stripped down sincerity. There's some older old 97s. Yeah, I can hear that too. Yeah. Um, they obviously listened to a lot of Graham Parsons at mm-hmm. some point. So
0: Yeah, so um, be on the lookout for that album. Check it out. Uh, I've checked it out. Actually, that track is less indicative I think of uh, it, it's what I really like about the band but it's less indicative of the album as a whole.
1: They, well, they, and, and they is, amp up the guitars a lot. And th- th- this is... Your wheelhouse, right here too. Oh, yeah. you, you you love this stuff, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is why yeah. we
0: played it. Besides it being my podcast, <laughs> yeah. but uh, speaking of, that is our podcast for the week, as usual. Uh, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can listen to us on Stitcher. Still trying to figure out what the hell Deezer is and how you can listen to us on that. Uh, if you want to leave us a review, so far I think only family members have left us reviews, but you know, rate us four or five or one star uh, do what you gotta do uh, we will be back and this time I promise next week with our mid-year sort of best of it'll podcast. actually be the mid-year it's perfect it'll actually be the mid-year so uh, that's seven short days away so until then uh, be good to your ears and more importantly be good to your people we will see you later <laughs> oh. Kenobi!